this morning's message is um, something that's been on my heart for quite a while. And of course, every time I teach on something, I get to go through it. So I get to try it out before I bring it to you guys. And it's starting at Psalm 9, 1 and 2. I'm going to read that to you. Psalm 9, 1 
say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we're out there doing our own thing. Are we really asking Christ to work with us in the thing we're doing, in the place where we're living? And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. See, he gave us a fleshly body to serve him with. We talked about it in Bible study. The Lord loves his servants, the people who serve him, who offer sacrifice of praise. We serve him that way. Romans 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall principalities, persecutions, all that stuff of the world separate us from God's love? You know, we can't even separate ourselves from God's love because he loves us no matter what. And then Romans 6 says this, Now if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him. So let's say that this person is lying on the ground and he's dead. Okay, let's say that there's a dead person here. Now, if I walk up and kicked it, what will it do? Will it move? Will it go, ouch? Do you know that's how we're supposed to live every day? If somebody kicks you, you're not even supposed to experience it because you're dead. <laughs> when we're dead in the spirit in Christ, and if somebody comes along and messes with our spirituality, we're, in, we're dead in Christ. See how that works? We have to take that uh, every single day and realize that I am dead in Christ and I will live with him. We are to be dead in this world. Colossians 2, 21 through 22 says, Taste not, touch not, and handle not, which are perishing at the use. We're called consumers. Are we all called consumers? Because we consume things and it perishes. You know, the stuff that I bought 30 years ago are a whole lot better shape than what I buy today in the stores. It's because they want you to keep buying the same thing over and over again to make the money. Back in the day, it used to be metal. Now it's plastic. So we are consuming all day long something. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Remember the rich young ruler in the Bible when he goes, Well, I've done everything you told me to do. I've kept the, the, the commandments. I love everybody. I forgive. And he goes, Yes, but you lack one thing. Sell all you have and give to the poor and try to follow me. I can't do that. I'm going to lose. Do you know that when you lose in Christ, you actually gain? I wrote an article this week. It's called, Can Christians Be Christian and Still Have Fun? Can you be a Christian and still have fun? Yes, you can, because when you die in Christ, you gain. You know, there's things that I'm doing now that I could have never had done on my own. When Christ came into my life, I'm doing amazing, wonderful things that I never thought possible. I mean, imagine uh, there's a place, Marietta, it's a beautiful place, it's just full of vineyards, it's down south, and uh, not Rancho Marietta, it's Marietta. And I woke up in the morning after sleeping on a bed of clouds, you might say, because I went and did this conference for some uh, church. I woke up and went outside and there were hot air balloons flying all around me. 
among you do. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. You see how you die? It's in Christ. And then he makes you alive. So you're not really dead. Okay? But you're alive in Christ. If you were dead, nothing will hurt you. That's how Jesus, I think that's why Jesus was so successful. Because he lived as he died daily. He did not let anything impact him. He didn't even uh, stand up for himself, did he? He was like a sheep to the slaughter and spoke not a word. And number two, to deny yourself. Ooh, ouch, yikes. So in the morning you go, okay, I wonder how I can make my husband do what I want him to do today. <laughs> I wonder how I'm going to make my kids mine today. Are we denying ourselves? No. <laughs> We're denying other people being who they are. 1 Peter 4.2 says, So stop living in the flesh and human passions, but for the will of God. You know, I talked about it last week. What's the will of God? That you're thankful. Be thankful. Just be thankful. Turn around. Thank you very much for that slap in the face. <laughs> Thank you very much for that rude uh, interaction you just did. Seriously, thanking God in it is going to change that person around. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. When's the last time we stood up and helped somebody that was in dire straits? This church is one of those people. You go and you find people and you help them. I love it. This church is amazing. Some people went over and visited Michelle the other day to bless her and, and be a part of her life and pray with her. They laid down their life that day, what they wanted to do. Maybe they wanted to go shopping or whatever, but they laid down their life for their friend. Philippians 2 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than you. Now let's balance this out. It doesn't mean don't think about yourself. Because the Bible says to love others as you love yourself. If you keep giving and giving and giving and you're not taking the time out to fill up your own cup, you're going to be empty and you're going to be depressed and you're going to go into oppression and you're going to have all kinds of uh, problems. The enemy's going to use it to, to beat you up with guilt because you're not doing something. Sometimes we just need to get a kiss from God, period. Maybe he just wants to hug you today. And, and you know what? I used, as a teacher, and I've done this for years, the minute I learn something, I give it away. The minute, the minute I learn a, a truth, I'll call somebody, or I'll do a, a show, or I'll get on the computer and tell everybody what God's doing. You know what he told me? Linda, why don't you take a minute and absorb it first? Get it in you first. So then the overflow from that will land on people. Now when he can use, now you can look around and go, oh, I can use Linda. She's ready. She's filled up. She's ready to go. But if I'm depleted, he's going to look for somebody else to use. I have to deny myself and my desires and my needs. But at the same time, love myself. Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> but it's true. God is amazing. You know what's up and down? But God is different than up and down for us. The Bible says in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant. I think I just said that. 
But Matthew 16, 23 says this. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me. For you savor the things that be of God, that do not be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. It's in that same passage. So it's really telling you right here that we can allow Satan to mess with our lives and get into the way when we start to think of what is man wanting. What do I want, God? I want this, God, and I want it now. You're not denying yourself. Actually, you're letting Satan speak through you. I see that sometimes. I look in the mirror. Get behind me, Satan. Sometimes we have to just grab our own shirt, you know, and say, hey, get behind me, Satan. I had to do that in the middle of the night last night. I went somewhere, and I got something on me. And I knew it, but I didn't know at the moment that it got on me. Because it's deceiving. And he's deceiving, and he comes in little by little, and then pretty soon you're a nightmare. So I had something on me, and it was doubt. I was doubting. I was listening to somebody else speak on, on her life, and I began to question God. That's doubting God, people. When we start questioning God, why, how, when, where, we're, we're not denying ourselves. I wrote this down, not to give into what you want, expect, or desire, because your, desire, your desires could be your undoing. Again, God gives us all the desires of our heart. Doesn't it say in Psalms, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart? Well, I'll tell you something. That article I wrote, I, I wrote this in here. I said, you know, I am still speaking like I spoke. I'm still acting the way that I act. I'm still doing the things that I want to do. The only difference is my heart changed. I'm still speaking, but I'm speaking differently. I'm still acting, but I'm acting differently. You see? So God will change that when we really, really give him our whole heart. You can't hear God if you haven't given him your whole heart. So this morning, I was uh, going to go and work on a little bit of the message. I went on the computer, and the whole drive was gone. The whole drive was gone. The, the, I couldn't find my message. I couldn't find anything to do with church at all on my computer. The whole disk was gone. I couldn't even get it onto the system. God told me yesterday, print out the message. <laughs> I heard him, and I did it. That's that little voice, and he spoke it, and I did it. <coughs> Why? Because I gave him my whole heart. You can hear God really clearly if you've given him your whole heart. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. What does that mean? How do you take up your cross? Do you grab this off the wall and carry it around? Luke 9.23 says this, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. That's how you take up your cross. It's not, oh, I got my burden to bear. Oh, I got this disease. I got this person I'm carrying around on my back. That's not your cross. 
If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. That's how you take up your cross, by denying yourself. Now you have to ask God, though, what that's all about. Because when we rightly divide the word of truth, we need to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because it's going to say something different to Butch. It's going to say something different to Sally and to Jim. Susan is going to say something different to each one of us. That's why that's how we write and divide the truth, the word. So how do we take up our cross again? Not being self-centered. All about me, all about me, it's all about me. There was somebody I watched one time, and she was them, she goes, what about me? What about me? She'd be a robot. What about me? What about me? Always constantly, what about me? What about me? What about me? Does that person take up their cross? No. How about not having God on your mind? You know, we talked about in a Bible study today about worshiping and praising and, and praying twice a day, morning and night. That person that does that, I tell you what, they're going to have God on their mind all the time. There's not going to be any lapse. As a matter of fact, didn't David raise his hand seven times a day worshiping God? And Daniel did it three times a day. He got thrown into the, the, the lion's den for doing it. Are you going to worship God and be subject to being thrown into something horrible? I mean, he was praying for crying out loud. He was praying to God, and yet he was thrown into the lion's den. Are we afraid to pray? Because of what might happen? I've had people say, be careful what you pray for. Don't pray for patience, because you know what you get. <laughs> right? I've heard that years and years and years. I'm not going to be careful for nothing. The Bible tells me to be careful for nothing, but in everything. By praying and thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. Loving and forgiving all day long. Not just when you want to. All day long. For everything that happens. That's how we take up our cross. Forgive. Love. Cherish. Luke 12, 29 says, And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. Remember I told you a little bit ago? I had some doubt. And I had vertigo for about a month, a little over a month. And that's an out-of-balance kind of thing, isn't it? You know, just kind of out of balance. So I had done everything physically to take care of it. Then I finally said, Lord, what's out of balance in my spirit world? What's out of balance in my walk? And that's when he showed me that I had doubt. Because every time you have any doubt at all, you're out of balance. The minute I repented for doubting God, Father, forgive me for doubting you and not believing that you're there for me. And it can happen to anybody telling you the truth. It can happen to anybody. It can happen to Billy Graham. It can happen to Crippled Dollar. It can happen to anybody out there. And the minute I said, Lord, forgive me, where's that morning and evening stuff we got to do? we got to go to God every morning and every night. Lord, today I ask you to cleanse and 
purge me from all the unrighteousness that I might have said or done. And also any defilement that might have gone on to somebody else that I did to them that I don't know about. Cleanse and purge me from all this unrighteousness. See, that's how you take up your cross daily. They were sacrificing two sheep, two lambs daily. <coughs> I think we need to do this daily. Acknowledge our heart daily. God, do you have my whole heart? Why don't you just ask him that at least once a day? God, do you have my whole heart? And let him speak because I guarantee you he's going to say a few things. The Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive. That means if it starts to tell you stuff, like, oh, you know what, why don't you go ahead and do that for yourself because nobody's watching. I just heard something this week um, from somebody who used to come to this church for many years, and they said that they had, had this house, and the people that lived there were pastors. Well, one thing led to another, and they left the house. They made up everything. So this lady goes in to start cleaning it up and found pornography behind the television set. Pornography videos. See, that person did not give God their whole heart. Just pieces, maybe even that much. I don't know. I'm not a judge and jury on this, but I just know what, what happens is that when we do not give God our whole heart, there's going to be something else wanting to get your heart, wanting to distract you and pull you away. Take up our cross daily and <coughs> I'm going to read a little segment. Now, see this book? Remember this book? I gave it to you when I first started coming to this church. Everybody should have a copy. If you do not, come see me. I want you to have it. Because while I was going through what I was experiencing and wondering what was happening to me at this time, I did not know it was doubt yet, okay? And I'm in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, about 4 or 5 nights ago, and I woke up and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to remember what God told me. How many of us are forgetting some things that God has done in our lives? We need to go back and remember a few things. And I'm going to just read this one little segment. It's on page 27. As we look at the examples of the Bible about sowing and reaping, we see that we are going to have to work at it. There are times when we must pull weeds and times we must water before we can reap the harvest. But we must not faint in our thoughts. Doubt <coughs> fainting in my thoughts. If we start thinking of giving up, our bodies will follow. We stop doing what we have been doing and simply collapse. We even fall into depression. We miss out because we've been deceived, believing that God isn't doing anything or isn't doing it fast enough. However, if we are walking in the Spirit, which is allowing our hearts to be wholehearted to God, the Lord is going to pull us through our difficult circumstances. I took that little bit of scripture, that passage, and I went to some of the scriptures that were before and after, and I began to pray, Lord, what is in me that's causing this? I, and, and he kept promising, it's going to pass. Remember the Bible says, this too shall pass. But when, God, when's it going to pass? In a minute, 
The minute that I came to the truth, he was instant. God is instant. Do you know that? We're the ones dragging around. We're the ones, you know, they say wait on God. No, he's waiting on you. He wants to give you the promises and the wonderful things that this earth has to offer that he created. We were talking about five senses today. Yes, God smells. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made pretty flowers for us to breathe in. He wants us to enjoy the life. John 10, 10 says, I come to give you life and that abundantly. But in that same scripture, it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So you've got both avenues going on. What are you going to choose? We are to take our thoughts captive and cast down all imaginations. So here's my conclusion. We are to be living sacrifices. We were talking about the altars in this morning's study. And because of Christ, he tore down the altar partition, didn't he? He tore down that thing so that we can enter into the Holy of Holies. Because we are now the temple. We are the temple. Christ dwells within us. We are to be a living sacrifice every day. Not just morning and night. All day long. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. What does that say? Without ceasing. Have God on your mind all day long. When you do that, your whole heart is God. Isn't that what you want? I want that. I want my whole heart to be God's. Romans 12, 21 says, I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is just something you should naturally be doing every day. Do you know that it says holy? You're holy. Did you know that you're holy? You're holy because Jesus is holy. Mark 8, 35 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Do we have, excuse me, have we given God our whole heart? That's a question that I have for you. I think we all have some repenting to do. I think we have departmentalized God and said, well, you know, I've been praying for 20 years and that thing hasn't happened. We'll be saying pray 20 more years. So I had to confess some things before I came into the truth about I was doubting God. Because sometimes it's hidden. Sometimes the truth is hidden behind some stuff. And here's some stuff. And I'll close with this stuff. I had some hurts. I was thinking about people that offended me. How am I going to get up every day with joy, feeling like this? Um, not having myself on my mind all the time? Here's the thing. If I didn't have myself on my mind all the time, I'd be happy. I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be fearful. I would not be in want. I wouldn't be sad. And I wouldn't feel lonely. Anybody feel lonely sometimes? We have ourselves on our mind. You know, I find out when I take myself off my mind, I feel 20,000 times better. We need to do that more often, taking ourselves off of our mind. These are the flesh. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Okay, so we got a lot of feelings going on here. I think we should allow our feelings to feel, but then we need to say, Lord, why am I feeling this way? Ask him. 
Show me my heart, Lord. Am I serving you with my whole heart? We need to remember, like I said earlier, what God has done for us. Remember how he set you free from sin. Remember how he saved you. Remember how he took care of your family. And I'm remembering how he, you know, he had me print the message out before it crashed. I'm remembering what he just did yesterday. Coming to the knowledge of the truth about my heart condition. So freedom can come again. So I have to ask myself, and you do too, where did I go off track? What was taking place that caused me to start doubting you? This is just for me. I'm talking to myself. I'm just giving you an update on what's happened in this pastor's life. I was stuck. I was stuck. Some people are stuck still in the past. Are we hoping for those good old days to come back? Are we in grief-stricken mode still and living it every day? We need to remember the goodness of God. That we are all a work in progress. That the altar is open. Now again, we talked about it earlier. There's not very many churches that have altars anymore. Let's take advantage of the altar that we have here. And say, Lord, I give you my whole heart. 